Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Broadcasting from a secret location high above the earth. Four do-gooders doing their best good to shine a bright light on the most popular and unpopular comic book heroes and villains. So sit down, shut up, strap in, and tune your ears and open your brain for Inside Club Comica! What's up, Super Butts? Welcome to Encyclocomica Season 2, or as Fro calls it, what, the Trade Paperback Volume 2? Yeah, not true, but 2. Did I say true? Yeah. I uh, had a, a little bit of a stroke. I apologize. <laughs> this is how we're starting Season 2 off. A lot of medical issues going on. But yeah, Season 2, yeah, I'm here with Cat, Matt, and Fro. Oh, that's, you know what? That's a good lineup, Cat, Matt, and Fro. It and is a yourself. good lineup. Yeah. Oh, Cat, Matt, Matt, and Fro. Now that it doesn't sound, sound good. Now it doesn't sound good? <laughs> no. That's all right. So so season two, we had a season one. Did pretty good. I had a great time doing it. How did everybody else feel about season one? I thought it, it was a lot of fun. Thanks. I'd say it's the podcast I'm most proud of. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. Because you're on uh, other podcasts. Other podcasts that must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what was uh, what was some highlights from from season one? For those who don't know, uh, maybe maybe season two is their first uh, jump into Encyclocomica. But what we do is we just we pick a comic. Each of us pick a comic book character every week, and we do a deep dive on that super guy or gal or robot or alien <laughs> or lampshade. You got it. You got it. Keep going. Uh, lampshades. Uh, a bricks. I think something from a kitchen. Um. I think uh, I think on the list it was um, anthropomorphic. No, anthropomorphic bricks mm-hmm. was one of them. Um, and then of all races and sexes and creeds and colors, I don't know. I think I Italian tailors were also on there. Italian tailors, <laughs> um, all Burt Reynolds impersonators, <laughs> and two guys who know Fro. Yep. Luck- guys that know me. Luckily. So it's very lucky to know me. Yeah, what were uh what would you say was your your peak moment from season one? Where what are some highlights? If you could say, hey, listen, you gotta go back and, and listen to this one part, what would what would it be? Dead pod? Dead pod is a standout for me as well. Dead pod, huh? <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> nothing uh nothing I did, nothing nothing notable for me this time. Um, I'm kind of going back through the list here, and yeah, yeah. pretty pretty milk toast on the show. Should I, should I spice it up? <laughs> Ooh, I did love. Um, I think it was the dark. No, it wasn't the dark hawk episode. Um, there was some episode where Fro invented two planets. Um, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, <laughs> two different planets that could be a spinoff for one of the characters so that they had an enemy because the person didn't have an enemy. Oh. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the Dark Hawk episode. I don't it think it was been. the Dark Hawk episode. I'm trying to think who yeah, we had who like didn't have because yeah, I vaguely remember someone like well didn't have an enemy or like better, a rogue yeah. gallery. Bat didn't. I don't have an enemy? One of you one of the characters you did did not, I'm what? pretty sure. I did Manhunter, Animal Man, uh, The Question, 
and oh, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was Darkhawk. Maybe it was Marco from. He doesn't no. really have any. I guess everyone is. Go back and listen and find out what episode it was. Yeah, and then tell and then, us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that Sabrina was really the fun. Teenage Witch doesn't have any enemies. <laughs> I'd say probably my highlight would be uh, apparently me completely getting all of Deku's information wrong and having <laughs> somebody fucking call me out for it. Yeah. That's, I guess that's my highlight. I guess I'll oh, do better research. Highlight. I mean, it's more of like a suggestion. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. But well, I'm I'm curious to see. I'm I'm curious what I'm going to botch this uh this volume uh, and um see who's going to call me out this time. I'm sure somebody will. And if uh, you want to call for out, you can do that by looking up the Make Fun Network on Facebook or you can go to makefun.network or just search the Make Fun Network group on Facebook, join up there and you can call for out, you can compliment me, which I'm looking for. Um, you can have no opinion on Matt, which is usually par for the course. And, uh, you can recommend a, uh, you know what? You can write a letter of recommendation for Kat. Thanks. Kat, you're in deep need of letters of recommendation, correct? (laughs) I severely am. Like, there's not even a minimum, just I'll take as many as I can get. Yeah. She applies for a lot of jobs Mm -hmm. all the time. Yep. Always working, but always applying. Mm-hmm. You can never stop. You got to hustle. That's right. You got to hustle <laughs> yeah, in this day and age. Right. Got to hustle. All right. So season two, we had to, you know, come out swinging. We had to pick a big uh, hero, a big name, and unfortunately, we landed on one. <laughs> it's also subjective. If it's uh, a big so name. it's not subjective. No, I was wrong. You, as soon you as can, I said it, I knew I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you can have opinions either way, but whether or not it's a big name is not subjective. Um, I, I did want to address like why I didn't do this character in the first season. Okay, and I I wanted to have like the experience of like talking about characters in this way under my belt before like diving into something that was really important to me, and I wanted to I want to be able to come back in five years and be like what did i say about this character and still be really proud of what i've done yeah so i I, wanted some practice i hear you you wanted to do this uh this character justice by by being prepared and and not having any you know um surprises thrown at you or Or or, factual errors like fro or factual errors like fro hey you know what what i stand by all those factual errors and i'm hoping that one day my uh, documentation is canon. <laughs> okay. If you just add it to the Wikipedia, then it is. Yeah, hey, perfect. Y- you can yeah. do that. I'll I'll make sure to do that. Yeah, it's like when people write new Star Wars stuff, they kind of change things a little bit. It becomes canon. Mm-hmm. That's what I intend on being. Uh, the, the My Hero Academia canon machine. So, Matt, who are we talking about today? We're talking about Superman. Super... Hey. Man, Sup- Superman, the very first superhero. The very first, huh? You don't think it's- people thought like their, uh, you know, like their dads were superheroes or like <laughs> nope. a local hero was just a hero, but not a superhero. Is Superman actually the very first superhero? Yes, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. So obviously, there were comics. And newspapers. There were comic books 
uh, as early as like the very early 1900s, like Little Nemo. I think people are familiar with Little Nemo. Hey, there he's were like a little fish, right? No, <laughs> there were like pulp adventures, um, like, like like orange pulp. Yeah, like orange pulp. Uh, you know, there was like um, the uh, the shadow. You guys know the shadow? I know mm-hmm. of a shadow. You know of a shadow? Okay, so there people have shadows. Um, there's also uh, the Phantom from 1936, uh, and he is a fictional costumed crime fighter. Billy Zane. Uh, yep, played by mm-hmm. Billy Zane, uh, and back in 1936. Um, the movie but, came out that long ago. <laughs> no, yeah, movie, Billy Zane's old as fuck. Jesus. <laughs> the movie's from 1996, but the character is from 1936. But in 1938, in Action Comics number one, the first superhero, Superman. Was uh, debut would debut, and uh, boy, what a time it was! So, so I gotta now I gotta kind of jump on that a little bit. So yeah, yeah, you would not consider Shadow and or Phantom superheroes solely because they don't have powers, right? But what about Batman? Don't people call him like a superhero? <laughs> yeah. So Batman became a superhero because he because of being created after Superman and in Superman's mold, but they didn't give him any powers. So, so after so <clears throat> after Superman, anybody who's in a comic book could be considered a superhero. Uh, I mean, I would say costume crime fighters became superheroes after the idea was introduced. Is the uh, question a superhero? Uh, I think, yeah, technically. All right, so Shadow uh, and Phantom uh, I mean, are like, the first superheroes. Yeah, but nobody called them superheroes is right. the point Matt is making. Thank you. Shut like up. You could, <laughs> it's like you could talk about Tarzan from 1912. Tarzan, he's not a superhero. Fro, is, kind of... is this your first character of the season? Is this <laughs> is this confidently wrong, man? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. You you seem like you were uh, very proud of yourself trying to paint Matt into a corner with this like long and winding string of questioning only to only to have it be thwarted in the end by a simple correction. I don't know about that. I I'm not sure if uh overly confident man. What was it? Uh, <laughs> look, you're doing it. Wrong man. You're, you're doing it right now. <laughs> you're literally That could be true. <laughs> you're doing it right now. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. You know what? I like I it. I know what my name is, and I'm pretty sure it's confidently right, man. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> okay. So, so in this this first segment, we're talking first appearance, origin, other versions, right? So we know first appearance, Action Comics, number one, 1938. I think people understand his origin is in the cultural zeitgeist, right? Rocketed to Earth from the doomed planet Krypton, raised by the kindly couple Jonathan and Martha Kent, grows up to be the world's greatest superhero. But I think that uh, part of the origin, right? I think that it's immediately recognizable, but it's also Superman is relatable in a way. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'm like losing my train of thought. Is here. it uh, have, his like, super strength that makes have, him relatable? Yeah, I would say so. So th- I have many, <laughs> many pages of notes. So Superman, right. Superman's story is often c- compared to like Moses because the idea of the, you know, they put the baby in the basket down the river. Um, so, you know, the old Superman, you know, in the 
30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s was really compared to that. And then after the movie, and modern Superman is more often compared to like Jesus. You know, he's the the all-powerful figure sends his only son to save the world kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that was a big uh, criticism of that movie because of like some of like the imagery from yeah, the, uh, the scenes. The, I remember that being a, a little bit of a hot-button issue. <laughs> the newer yeah. movies? Yeah. Yeah, Men like of Steel is like, very Jesus-y. Yeah. When everybody's like touching him as he's walking by. Yeah, or someone, when he like specifically says that he's thirty three, or when he like falls out of the spaceship with his arms out, like Jesus Christ pose style. Yeah. Um. But what I what I mean about being relatable is the core idea of the character is this like regular everyday, the most basic guy that no one would notice on the street, and and people don't see him. He doesn't fit in. But beneath that, he has this hidden ability and hidden potential that people just can't see. And I think that that is actually a really relatable thing for a lot of people that they feel like, oh, if people really knew me, they would know uh, what I have to offer. Um, and especially for the time that it came out and for the audience of, you know, of kids, like, you know, when you're in school, you feel like, ah, oh, nobody understands me. I have, this, I have so much inside that people don't recognize that my schoolmates don't see and so on. And I think that, uh, that's, that's a, an underlooked aspect of the character and that, you know, was replicated in superheroes after. But. So you think that, um, I don't know. You think that was a lot of, uh, like teen angst or or childhood adolescence. Uh, yeah, angst. I mean, when you think about the creators, right? There are two Jewish kids from Cleveland. Um, the one the writer his his father was killed in like a bank robbery. Right? Oh Jesus! And he has the had this thought, like you know, of uh, you know, if he was invincible, right? If he was bulletproof, and and they were nerds in school, right? Like you know that I know that Fro was growing up in school and reading comic books. Uh, <laughs> readings, you know, at the time reading their science fiction stories and drawing, they recognized that they had this talent and this ability that other people, like people couldn't see in them. Um, and I think that was a huge inspiration for the character. And it's a really simple concept, right? It's a, a guy with superpowers, a man with superpowers. He is a superman. Like it's right there in the name. <laughs> I think. I think that we we like from a modern context. Like who would walk around saying, "Yes, my name is Superman." But in the context of where it came, it's really basic, uh, and, and it works really, really well. The name actually came from a story they wrote in like the mid 1930s for uh, this magazine called Science Fiction. And the story was called Reign of the Superman. And it was about a bald telepath that used his abilities for evil to conquer the world. Dr. Manhattan? Uh, <laughs> kind of. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, or even Lex Luthor, right? Uh, the bald villain. Um, but then, you know, they, they published that story and they were like, wait a second. What if we had a, a character that had abilities but used them for good? Uh, and then, you know, pitched this idea to every newspaper syndicate and every comic book publishing company around and were rejected for years. And then National Periodicals, which became Detective Comics, was going to start a new book called Action Comics. And they were like, hey, we need a, a lead feature. And they're, they said, hey, we have the Superman character that we've been trying to sell. We have the pages are done. And so the folks at National were like, all right, bam, you got the cover. It's done. It's yours. Wow. Yeah. Um, they had been working, you know, in Detective Comics number one. 
uh, Siegel and Schuster, the creators of Superman, created a character called Slam Bradley, which was like a that name's rough sick. Top, that rough is a top sick name. Cop. Uh, Slam Bradley. Slam Bradley. Dude, that um, rules. <laughs> so they had been working for National and DC for a while. They created the Spectre. Um, Phil Spectre? Yeah, Phil Spectre, <laughs> the guy who, the murderer, uh, and also the creator of the Wall of Sound technique. You know, I got to um, write down Slam Bradley because that's a fucking cool <laughs> name. I love that. Fro's going to go, go bowling just so he can make his name Slam Bradley. <laughs> Fro's well, I've already had the idea of naming my kid Huey, but I think Slam Bradley <laughs> yeah. is actually a fucking much better name. I was going to say, I love the sound of Slam Bradley. Dude, Fro. I am so into the name Slam Bradley <laughs> so much right now. <laughs> I legitimately fucking post-it note, wrote it down. <laughs> God true, damn, that true. name is cool. I've I've honestly zoned out for everything you said, and then you said Slam Bradley, and you pulled me right back in. I hope to do that many times. Well, uh, I'm at, oddly enough, I'm actually I'm reading Action Comic number one right now, uh, just to kind of see the gist of how he started. Fro, you're supposed to be doing a podcast. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's like goes hand in hand, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, also, so back in the day, comic books when they were published, it was never just one story. There were always anthologies. So in Action Comics number one, there's also the first appearance of Zatara, the magician. Oh, what does she look like? It's. I'll get Z- there. Hold on. It's <laughs> Zatara <laughs> is a man. It's Zatanna's dad. Uh, uh, what does so he look don't... like? <laughs> He looks like a just a really generic looking magician with the top hat. And Do you think magicians back when that ep- that issue was published were like sought after as villains? Um, I <laughs> for, mean, for their trickery, they are. Hey, David <laughs> Blaine's a hero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then other versions, I think people are pretty familiar with. Uh, Red Sun Superman, which is like the Soviet Superman. Mm-hmm. I need to read that. It's pretty good. Um, the book. So, uh, wow, I can't believe I'm already saying this. The book is better than the movie. Oh, here we go. Oh. <laughs> here we go. Everyone, subscribe to his letterboxed account. <laughs> uh, but I, they changed the ending in the movie, and they changed the Batman a bit in the movie. That and um, I, I thought it was a weird change that was kind of pointless. Wait, but, which uh, movie are you referring to? The Superman Red Sun movie, because they made an animated movie based I, on an the animated book. one. Okay, yeah. Um, so, and the idea behind that is, what if instead of landing in Kansas in 1938, what if he landed in Ukraine in 1938, uh, and he would be, you know, the hero of the the Soviet Union of the people? Uh, I think people are pretty familiar with uh, Superman from the Injustice comics. Dude, yeah, Superman Injustice. That's cool. that's a good fucking Superman. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, it's so he's. So that's the only time that I'm I've ever been interested in Superman. <clears throat> Everything else has been whatever. Why do you uh, think that that in, uh, interpretation of Superman is interesting to you? Uh, because it's it's less boring. It's less boy scouty. It's it's more so like I have all this power and like people don't fucking respect me enough. And now it's like you know what? Screw this. I'm I'm gonna use this power and it's like I'm gonna hold everybody down is like if you guys keep fucking around like i will destroy you i'm sick of it like joker kills lois lane and batman goes uh sorry superman just goes fuck all that no this isn't happening anymore he's essentially the the like 
personification of Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs uh, with the tipping. Not uh, not Michael Douglas from Falling Down. No, <laughs> no, 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 not Michael Douglas. From you Falling think Down. Steve Buscemi was a better comparison <laughs> to what you just said than Michael Douglas in Falling Down, or even uh, maybe John com- Wick? He's oh. confidently right about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it, I just like the specific line. Fuck all that. That's. I mean, I don't have. I don't have the line from Falling Down where he was done. You know, he didn't get his fucking egg McMuffin. Uh, <laughs> But okay, Steve Buscemi. I think it was give me my fucking egg McMuffin. Yeah, that yeah, could have been. Which is a direct, you know, one to one to Superman when like the Joker kills Lois Lane. He goes, "Give me back my fucking egg McMuffin." <laughs> <laughs> so it's the moral ambiguity that's most interesting to you, from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's. I'm gonna yeah. come back around to that when. Um, I'm going to come back around to that. So uh, let's kind of quickly go through some of these other high-level topics. Um, And I'm actually going to skip around from our normal, uh, you know, format, because I think that some of this is less relevant to a character that literally everybody knows. Um, First episode and already going off path. I know. That's bold. That's bold. So like team-ups, for example, team-ups and fantasy bookings, right? Because he's been around for 82 some odd years, there, I, there are very few people that he hasn't teamed up with and very few like fantasy booking ideas that, you know, because he's just been around so long and done so much, right? He, he's, he's fought the Hulk and Spider-Man, right? And they're not even in the same company. He, you know, in that JLA Avengers, he had Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield. He's, he's been and done pretty much everything and so i don't think that there's a ton to say about that you know, superman is not worthy enough to hold me on her <laughs> he definitely is <laughs> nope. um but i do want to talk about villains a little bit i think um when we talk about superhero villains we frequently go to someone like batman who has this great rogues gallery that everybody knows um and i don't think that superman's uh, rogues gallery gets the credit that it deserves in in one specific way the, their villains are so iconic that they're part of our language. So you can call someone bizarro or say something is bizarro or call someone a brainiac and you know what that means. That's part of our language and part of the vernacular of like everyday speak in English. Um, but these are Superman villains, right? Bizarro wasn't a thing until Superman. Brainiac wasn't a thing until Superman, right? And those are just words that we use now. Is that true? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I promise you that it's true. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I would, boy, I'm telling oh, you boy. right now, I'm sure some nerd back in 1912 called himself a brainiac before this green villain showed up. Nope. Nope. Brainiac. And, um, and well, parasite. <laughs> parasite is just a parasite. That, that's a thing. Oh, how convenient how it works for you that way, huh? <laughs> but, uh, and the other the other aspect is the kryptonite aspect and kryptonite has become shorthand that word has become shorthand for someone's weakness right that is I true was, that is i yeah. was reading blackest night which is a like a dc crossover event from a few years back and there's a moment where they describe fire as being like the martian manhunter's kryptonite it's like well, even in universe kryptonite means it just means weakness it's like a synonym for weakness and that's a huge thing. I can 
it's hard to think of another character where a character trait or a part of that character's universe has just become a synonym for something in our English language. Yeah, because people that don't even read comics are familiar with Superman and know that concept and will still use kryptonite to describe their weakness. Yeah. You know what it is, though? You know where I think people uh, really got kryptonite in their uh, vernacular oh. is uh, three doors down. I knew it was coming uh, before you even <laughs> said it. I knew that's where you're going with it. I mean, what's a more iconic thing than fucking three doors down? So you're saying three doors down kryptonite over the spin oh. doctor's <laughs> pocket full of kryptonite. Yeah, I've never even heard that song. It's the name of the album and the song is Jimmy Olsen's Blues. Yeah, come I on. mean, come on, Spin Doctors, right? The but lead who, singer of Spin Doctors follows me on Twitter. That's you just <laughs> blown, <laughs> my humble brag. <laughs> blown my fucking mind. Why didn't we are get they, him on the show Little to Miss talk can't about be wrong? Superman? I yeah. don't know. No, Little Miss can't be wrong. I think is Black Crows, right? Uh, Spin Doctors is uh, Two Princes. Two Princes, yeah, and Pocket Blue and uh, Jimmy Olsen's Blues. That was a hit. I'm just saying, through doors down, like. <laughs> so, uh, but they he has put a lot Superman of... on the map. Right. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of other Superman villains I like a lot, like Parasite. You mentioned Metallo is cool. Um, Mister Mixes Bidlick, Toy Man, Prankster. Are they really villains. cool though? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, think, know. I don't think Parasite's really cool. He just sucks no. out power, and he's just like a purple thing. He is a purple <laughs> thing. <laughs> Uh, I think he's been done. I, I think the idea behind him is just like a, in the most recent version, he's like a really selfish guy that's always just trying to take any any chance he can get to just take something from someone, and then he gets this ability that really matches his personality. He just wants to drain people. He's a uh, human. Yeah, he is a human that like, uh, you know, bad shit happened to. Actually, you know, it's funny. Speaking of parasite, I have the first appearance of parasite. Hanging uh, on my wall right here. Yeah, you don't have to show it to us. Like. Is it the comic? Yeah, it's really. That's cool. Uh, it's, that is it's, cool. It's, I think it's 50 years old this month. Uh, comics <laughs> what, do you celebrate its birthday? <laughs> well, it's August. It says August right on the cover, so that's why I'm. Anyway, love Parasite. He's a, I mean, and he's purple and green, Matt. Uh, on. I'm on board. Yeah. Purple. There he is. is he green? Oh yeah, you look at him. Look at those green undies. Dude, he's freaking yeah. he's fucking right hooking Superman in the jowl. <laughs> he just looks like a purple Dr. Manhattan. He does. Oh yeah. He looks like um, Starman from that NES wrestling game. <laughs> Deep cut for anybody who knows that one. Nope. And <laughs> I, I, it's funny the DC comics the way they like put word bubbles and like uh, on the covers. They always have these the word covers. I feel like Marvel never does that. Like Words conversations on the cover. On the cover? Yeah. <laughs> Superman's just saying, don't punch me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> don't. Um, okay, so adaptations in other media. Um, again, this is something that <laughs> we probably don't need to spend a lot of time about because everyone's familiar. I mean, there's been Superman peanut butter. Not just like peanut butter with Superman on it. There was Superman branded peanut butter. Uh, Why? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because only, only super, only the strength of Superman could crush those peanuts into such a silky smooth, buttery substance. Peanuts, I guess so. The peanuts, peanuts are from of, Smallville. Yeah, they have a lot of protein and they can make you strong. Um, but I mean, when before, did that come out? What era of Superman is this? Seventies uh, and eighties was peanut uh, Superman peanut butter. Okay, huh. Christopher Reeves. Right. I don't know when that movie came out. Uh, that movie was in seventy eight. 
Like was it was it based off of him, that Superman? No, it was just it like wasn't a movie tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, before television even existed, there was Superman theatrical serials, which was like the precursor to television. You go to the, the theater every week to catch the next episode of Superman. Um, there were animated shorts in the theaters. There was a radio show when people only had radios at home, right? Uh, obviously, there's been many television shows, many animated series, several movies across decades. Uh, he's been and done every other kind of media. And a lot of the things that we think of as being part of Superman's canon have actually come from some of the other things. So, for example, Kryptonite is from the radio show. Him flying is from the cartoons. Uh, these things that we think of as just like being part of <coughs> Superman canon aren't actually even from the comic books. They're from these other uh, adaptations and other media. You know what he doesn't have? What? <clears throat> I think you need to, since you're such a, a mark for it, uh, can you write a Superman musical that'll be like in the vein of Turn Off the Dark, the Spider-Man thing? So it's a make Superman it a musical. Success? It's called... Um, oh, shit. What the hell is it called? It's there called... Is a Superman musical. Not My Red Undies. <laughs> There is a musical? Yeah, it's uh it, it's called it's like it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Uh, it's from no. 1966. Yuck. Oh, hold on. Yuck. I'll, I'll pull up some songs here. Um the show's original Broadway was well reviewed, but it didn't catch on with audiences, closing after three and a half months and costing an unprecedented six hundred thousand dollars. The show was at the time Broadway's biggest flop. Until the Spider Man, which I think the Spider Man musical was a Huge flop. Uh, yeah, it never it was, really opened. Yeah, because it, it was like yeah. doomed. People died. And people then, died. People got injured. And then uh, they did a TV special uh, adaptation of the musical in the mid seventies. It's pretty bad. Of course uh, it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not so good. But um, even right. even when we're talking about adaptations in other media, like you've mentioned, all those pop songs, right? There's not not very many fictional characters that have you know besides maybe jesus that have all these pop songs about them and uh would you like to uh hear a song from superman the musical (laughs) please absolutely so this one's called um it's called uh it's superman okay (laughs) oh how i wish i weren't in love with superman (laughs) true me too See, this is immediately... A wasted life I, I, is I, I all it. I've got with Superman. And that... <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Don't don't stop. To hope that it could ever be Is just a schoolgirl's fantasy Oh, is there no one else for me But Superman Holy Sounds shit. like a musical, right? Oh, uh, it's par- such a musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can picture the scenery. It's like her walking through Metropolis, looking up, singing with all these fucking New York, fucking New York-like style people all there's, around there's her. There's people in cardboard mm-hmm. cars just walking by. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's looking up, looking it's for not, Superman. She keeps catching her reflection production. in like storefront windows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a song, apparently the song You've Got Possibilities is generally considered the show's most memorable tune and is That's the only the one to be performed outside the show. I got it. There we go. You've Got Possibilities. 
It's a real banger so far. (laughs) That's how his musicals go. Haircut, simply terrible (laughs) necktie. I love it. Haircut, haircut. (laughs) Hold on. Haircut. It sounds like the fucking uh, we got the Siamese see. cats from fucking uh, Aristocats. Hold on, let's just go a little further because, I mean, already it's well received by me, so. Haircut, simply terrible necktie, the worst bearing, just unbearable. What to do? Tackle first, still you've got possibilities, though you're horribly square. Jesus Christ, really fucking lacing into uh, Clark Kent there. <laughs> Poor Clark. <laughs> Haircut, bad breath, small dick. <laughs> Apparently, it's about it's sung by a secretary at the Daily Planet who has a crush on Clark, and it describes her hope to change his mild-mannered square persona. I mean, come on, isn't that the dream of every woman to change a man? <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> yeah, because you're a, a, a very uh, smart and independent lady. Sure am. Okay, so, so let me get into <laughs> what we've all been waiting for, the time where I argue uh, with Fro about why this character is great and worth our time. Okay. He's not. You ready, Fro? He's not. So, Fro, you said earlier that the interesting thing about the uh, Injustice Superman was kind of the moral ambiguity where he just, like, he has all of this power and he's like, I'm fuck it. I'm just going to use it. I'm just going to do whatever and, and people are going to do what I say. Oh, sorry. Terrible. <laughs> uh, I think that the idea that we can think of a character, we can imagine a character who wields all the power in the universe, right? The most powerful character that can be imagined, but he only uses his ability for good, makes it interesting and unique, right? Because it's really easy to think of a really powerful person that then uses that ability, uses their power for their own selfish gain. Right, we can see that it's that's that's easy, really easy, and and part of human nature to think that way. But the idea that we can think of a character that has that, but always does the right thing, and if we can imagine that, we can make it real. We can change how we view humanity, and that people can be good. And that's such an interesting idea to be explored. I think. You know, a lot of the complaints about Superman that I hear, right, is that he's overpowered, right? You hear that OP thing mm-hmm. from video game players. But <clears throat> Superman's not a That's video so game. That's so fucking lame. Jesus that. Christ, man. How many kids do you have? Seven? I have, uh, well, fellow kids. But, uh, but, but what I mean by that is, like, Superman isn't a video game, right? So OP, that, that phrase, that term... Sup- makes sense when you're playing a video game as one character against another character that has these unfair advantage. But in fictional stories, a character is always as powerful as they need to be for that story, right? Spider-Man is always going to win no matter what he's up against, right? He can be up against villains that are way more powerful or way less powerful. Spider-Man, when compared to crooks robbing a bank, is OP, but that never comes into the conversation, right? If I think, think about- people give him that label though because he has everything. He's got the X-ray vision. He's got Frost flying, breath. super he's got- speed, super 
jumping like he can jump any distance like he's got everything able to leap tall buildings and yes exactly yeah. yeah because he came up with the idea of having power right. in the first place but you know it, we're talking about fiction right in in movies and in stories right and and i think about you think about the movie alien and the movie aliens right in the movie alien there was one alien and it was impossible to kill the whole crew could not kill this alien no matter what they did. They had to blow up the whole ship. But then in Aliens, you have hundreds of aliens, and the, they just mow them down like it's no big deal. It's all about the they story. They have to blow up that whole planet too, though. Well, <laughs> that's because of the <laughs> queen. <laughs> uh, no, they just they nuked it from orbit. Um, but that, the idea that it's just as powerful as what the plot demands, right? And having all these powers doesn't solve every problem. Power is a tool in a toolbox that helps with the creative solution. So, uh, Grant Morrison, when he was talking about Superman, I'm going to actually like pull up this Grant Morrison quote. American writers often say that it's difficult to write Superman. They say he's too powerful. You can't give him problems, but Superman is a metaphor. Superman has the same problems we do, but on a Paul Bunyan scale. Superman walks the dog. He walks it around an asteroid belt because the dog can fly in space. When Superman's relatives visit, they come from the 31st century and bring some hellish monster conqueror from the future. But it's still a story about your relatives visiting. They're fictional stories. It's metaphorical. Yeah, he has all these powers, but the powers enable us to create these metaphoric stories to tell stories about the human condition in an interesting way. Get over yourself. Matt. Get over yourself, Grant <laughs> Matt, Morrison. The Hulk, yes, yes. the Hulk is the strongest there is. Strongest there is. He's never going to be overpowered, ever. Nothing is stronger than the Hulk. Right? No, but, but that doesn't mean but that there aren't Hulk, great Hulk stories or interesting Hulk drama. Right, but he's balanced out by... So that's the thing about... That's a big difference between Superman versus Marvel characters, at least the, the, the main one people point out, is, is no matter how powerful a a hero or villain is, as far as Marvel's concerned, they're always balanced out with an, like a, a, a huge flaw to them. So the Hulk's flaw is his... Uh, not in every case, right? But his traditional flaw is that he's he's a, like a Neanderthal. He's, he's simple-minded. He's easily tricked. And and things like that. So for all his brute strength, he has a a flaw of being manipulated in a way. Sure, I think that's a and Banner's but, weak. <sighs> poor weak Banner. But the idea behind a story, right, isn't that a character can do everything. It's what does the character want to do, right? And Hulk what Superman smash. Hulk wants to smash, <laughs> and he can do it easy. Superman wants to save everyone. And he can't do that. Superman cannot save everyone. So right there is the drama. The character, doesn't matter what they're capable of, what abilities or powers they have, mm. can they do the thing that they want to do in that story? Can Superman, he turn back time? I mean, he does in the movie, but that's uh, a different... Is that not canon? I mean, oh. it's, he, Superman doesn't typically turn back time. But he can, <laughs> though, right? He can uh, with so his super speed. So he can technically save everyone if he, he can't wants save to. Everyone. That's not true. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I'm just saying, if he can turn back time, he knows what to do and can he, fucking he, figure it out. I can go back two seconds ev- again. I can go back two <laughs> seconds again. <laughs> he can't be on every planet doing that for everyone all the time. 
Superman. I'm can't. sure at some point somebody will write in a thing that he can fucking you know, <laughs> multiply himself. Hey, listen, I'm just saying. Haircut. Haircut. So. Haircut. So drama comes from a character not being able to do the thing that they want to do. And Superman wants to save everyone, and that's something that he can't do, right? And that, in and of itself, it, you know, negates, I think, any argument about that he has every power, you know, unthinkable, because he can't do the thing that he wants to do. The powers are a metaphor. The powers are tools to come up with creative solutions to solve problems, right? But they aren't, in and of itself, you know, he, he doesn't, he, they don't, he doesn't go up against, like, Scarecrow, right? Because that's not a problem that makes sense for him to solve. The, the problems that he solves are different. And th- that makes great Superman stories. So the, that, the thing, not that I'm like arguing with you here, but so how often, do, like how many comics in the existence of Superman, right? Tons. How many are just big, bad, he has the power to stop him, and he just does. Like, how how often do they exploit that drama of like what you're you're saying is like a his his personal struggle of wanting to do everything but not being able to. All the time, all the time. I see. I think that's like I feel like a lot of Superman comics, at least historically, are very monster of the week. Here comes Superman to punch him to to, to outer space. No, I really I think the only. Superman villain that you can describe of as being a monster of the week that it's just like a slugfest is Doomsday and Doomsday killed Superman. Hmm. Oh, Darkseid. No, because Darkseid is a whole... Superman can't fight or or defeat Darkseid. Darkseid rules a whole planet. Superman has never stopped him from ruling Apocalypse with an iron fist. Darkseid is more than just like a bi- a guy that punches, right? He's like a despotic ruler and a you know all powerful being. He's hey, a listen, god. I want to like Superman, believe me, and I don't even hate him. Sometimes I do like him. I still love that um from that that animated movie where he talks about how he lives in a world of paper. Oh yeah, that's a. I, I think to me, in uh, for me personally, I think that's more interesting of a concept. I'd like to see more Superman stories that has him dealing with the fact that like. To what he said, like he lives in a world of paper where he's just so strong, or like he has to constantly like check himself. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. like to see him accidentally like like punch a robber's head off, yeah, or something. <laughs> you know, just like oh shit, I did it again. Yeah, that's so. That's an idea that it's explored a lot. The idea of him losing control—that he is so incredibly powerful that it's easy to make a mistake—and that's another that goes into his. He wants to save everyone. He. Knows knows that he can't do that, and how does he balance that? How does he like make the right decision at the time on who what needs what needs his help? Right? Does he does he save the cat from the tree, or in that few seconds can he stop a flood in Africa, or you know any of these things that are happening on the world at the same time where he can't? Yeah, he's really fast, but he's typically not as fast as the Flash and can't be everywhere at the same time. Right? Like and I so said, he he'll multiply at some point. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they've done multiplying Superman stories, of course. He's been around for 80-plus years. There's been stories with super-powered monkeys and universe-ending threats to slumlords, time travel, him getting a giant ant head. There's like, you know, if Wait, you what? name it. Excuse me? Have you never seen the giant, giant ant head Superman? Nope, I'm going to no. look it up right now. <laughs> Why would we? 
It's really, really good. He looks great. The cover has him was... like climbing my building with an ant head. Like Matt was saying a little bit, uh, is like if he was, I think, like written to be more conflicted <laughs> more often, where it's just like a lot of times, like fuck, like god damn it, like piece no. of shit, fucking <laughs> robber. I fucking killed him. Yes, Why aren't see, your bones stronger? He looks so great with that ant head. That's um, weird. But but no, Fro, and I and I think th- I get that. I get that you have this idea that yeah, you want to see this morally ambiguous character that's interesting, but I think it's it's can be equally interesting with a character that always makes the right decision and always does what he can for good. I don't uh, know. I just kind of view Superman and okay, if you want to do the parallels, Superman and Captain America. Like, yeah, I was going to ask, them, do you like Cap? I do like Cap. I, I I do, but that's because he's also not an impossible person. Like he can't. He, he is he absolutely an impossible person. Well, sure, you know what? And I'm in I mean, his stories, asshole. he's in the same as Superman that he's never going to lose. Right? Same as Spider Man. It doesn't matter what Cap's abilities. But he's not though. In the scheme, in the long arc, he lost to Tony never, Stark. He's never going to lose. The hero doesn't lose, right? So it doesn't matter what abilities they have. The abilities are just the metaphor for telling different stories. They're tools in the toolbox to tell a different kind of story, to you know, to to introduce a different kind of drama. And I think that that's where you're missing the point. It's a fictional character. The hero is always going to win. So it doesn't matter what ability that they have because they're going to win. You know that at the end of that Avengers movie, the end of Endgame, the Avengers are going to win, right? It doesn't matter. They are going to win. It doesn't matter what they can do. It doesn't matter how many Avengers you call in or how few or what they have the ability to do. They're always going to win. And, and this is the thing that we've complained about the Black Panther movie and that he gets his ass handed to him by Killmonger, and then in the end, he wins, despite it not being super logical that he would defeat Killmonger the second time. There's no training montage. There's there's nothing that's changed from the first time to the second time, except he's the hero, and the hero is going to win. It doesn't matter what they're capable of. But you don't, because you keep bringing up that he can do all these other things that characters can't. It doesn't matter what he can do. In the fictional universe, in these stories, he's always going to win. So I'm going to start wrapping it up, right? I think that people who think that the character is boring have a, a really limited view, haven't read, haven't found the Superman story that's ba- maybe been interesting to him. There's 80 plus years of comics plus movie, television, radio, every, every media. Um, Fro, I think that you should read JLA Earth 2 by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Because the Allison. idea is uh, that Superman, the Justice League, go to Earth 2, and in that universe, uh, Ultraman is a villain. And he is the Superman analogous, but he is a villain, and they rule the Justice League of that world rule the Earth. And Grant Morrison uses it as a way to tell a story about how in that universe, evil always wins, no matter what. No matter good what the, is dumb. Because good is dumb. No matter what the heroes do... They lose every time on their earth. So when they switch places and the the villains who rule Earth 2 come to Earth 1 and the heroes from Earth 1 go to Earth 2, they both try to, to, one tries to conquer, the other tries to save, and they both fail because in their respective universes, 
that's how those fictional universes are set up. In Earth 1, the heroes always win. And in Earth 2, the villains always win. So no matter what Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman try to do on this Earth 2, they lose, no matter what. I think what makes it hard for people to kind of, to, to Fro's point, I think what makes it hard for people like Fro to kind of get into Superman is it's, 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 it's hard to want to read something where you can just, I mean, and I, I, and to your point, Matt, like they haven't read the story. They really don't know the nuances or the intricacies that are, are going on in the story. But from like an outside perspective, if you showed me a book, it's like, oh, Superman fights so-and-so or Superman does whatever for a character. You can just go, why doesn't he just fly him out into the sun for like, Ninety sure. percent so, of like the people. So let's let's say your villain is Metallo and you have a kryptonite heart. How do you fly him into the sun when you can't touch him? How when your villain gloves, is the, dude? How Fucking is gloves? gloves. <laughs> That's right. How if your villain is the parasite? The closer you get to them, the more he drains your power. How do you defeat that? You how laser you beam him with your suit. eyes. You laser he, beam with your he, eyes from across abs- the map. He absor- <laughs> He absorbs that. He absorbs energy. Right. How do you defeat? A character like Brainiac who like can control your mind. Uh, don't have a mind. Tinfoil hat. helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Magneto does it. If Magneto can fucking figure out how to combat fucking uh, Xavier, fucking <laughs> Superman should be able to figure out how to combat uh, Brainiac. Exactly. I'm just saying. You just proved my point because there is always a solution for everything. There is always a solution. There's always a way that the hero is going to win. It doesn't matter what villain they go against. It doesn't matter what hero, what powers the hero has. They come up with a solution and they figure it out. Right. How does how does Magneto handle Doctor Xavier when he Doctor you know Professor Xavier? <laughs> I was like, whoa, when did he get his doctorate? <laughs> well, if he's a professor, he probably has his doctorate, right? But but uh, then he would be Doctor Xavier. But <laughs> 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 does he? All right, I gotta look that up if he has a doctorate. Um, but but and he has he has a helmet. That's how he does it, right? That's that's the the conceit in that universe that oh, if you wear this helmet, you can't can't read your mind, right? But it's in the fictional universe. There's always going to be a solution. The hero could always do X, Y, and Z. And so, okay, how do you create the drama? What What is the metaphor that you're trying to tell the story around? What are you trying to enable them to do? Right. So you don't you don't put Superman up against someone that the simple solution is oh just fly him into space, right? Because because that wouldn't be interesting. You 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 put him up against someone like you know, Parasite, who you can't get close to, or Metallo, who he can't get, he can't get close so to. So I right? guess my question is, because um, I, 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 I agree with you, I'm sure that the stories are better than, than I'm like oversimplifying them, but the oversimplification is the issue that people have with Superman. Why do you, why, like, what happened? Like, when do you think, like, people just wanted to, like, kind of write that off? Or, like, where did that, you know, come from? Because, yeah, that's yeah. that's a general you're absolutely right and i think that um i think that what happened was in the 60s and 70s right um dc went one way and and then marvel came out and kind of filled the niche but dc was really affected uh in the 50s by the um seduction of the innocent you guys familiar with seduction of the innocent Ooh la la you damn right i am okay <laughs> okay, so Seduction of the Innocent was a book published um, that essentially said that comic books were destroying America's youth and turning them into deviants. And, and that's like, like still that's going what started on, the it? trials, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not about uh, as much about comics, and then it changed the video. You know, 
rap music and then video games. There's always something that's destroying America's youth. But at the time, it was comic books. And so the Superman comics went and and started telling these a lot of these kind of more goofy like fantastical stories and there's a lot of really interesting things that come up in this time that's where you get like the ant head superman where it's like that's that's pretty goofy right um and marvel recognized that there was an opportunity to tell a really grounded superhero story right and then Sp- with spider-man with the Fantastic Four, actually. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'll go fuck myself. Yeah, you actually uh, should. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> when when Stan Lee, uh, the story behind the Fantastic Four is that Stan Lee wanted to write something that was personal, that was grounded, that was that meant something to him, and he was ready to quit comics. and And his wife was like, "Just fucking do it. Just write what you want to write." And he wrote the Fantastic Four, and you know, changed the face of comics. And I think that that was a big thing. Um, and then I think the 80s kind of deconstruction of superheroes from things like Watchmen and The Dark Knight, trying to make things realistic and real in, in, in a gritty kind of way, doesn't align very well with the idea of, of the stories that work well with Superman, right? Superman stories don't work well in a real, in, in as much of a realistic kind of gritty way because they're like high concept metaphor stories, right? It's not about, oh, you know, there's there's robbers on the street. He could just throw them into space, right? It's it's about the it's fucking murder, the metaphor that you're trying to tell. And you know, and interestingly, like when Superman started, he was fighting slum lords and uh, getting people off death row because you know, that was what was interesting, and that's the stories that they knew to tell at the time. And it kind of expanded from there. But yeah, he's a very wholesome character. Yeah. So I think I've been talking about this for a really long time, <laughs> and so I'm gonna wrap up. And I'm going to say that I honestly believe that there is a Superman story that any anyone can enjoy that likes comic books, that likes the idea of a superhero. I think that Superman is quite simply the greatest American fictional character ever. And the stories that you should read. Better than Jesus. Better than Jesus. Better, best American fictional character. I, um, I stand by what I said. <laughs> that's true. America does have a, a, a unique interpretation of who Jesus is. So, um, Fro, I think you should read JLA Earth 2 by Grant Morrison. Oh, I think maybe. That I'll check it out. I tried I'm, to do All-Star Superman, and that's like usually the one that's like, this is the greatest Superman story ever written. All-Star that shit Superman. was so fucking boring. All-Star Superman is really great. It's very high concept. It's hard for that to maybe be a first one. Um, f- uh, people should also read Superman Annual number 11. It's for the man who has everything. It was adapted into a Justice League two-part cartoon. It's written by Alan Moore. Uh, right around the time, uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. So right around the time they did Watchmen, they did this story. It's one single one shot. Batman, Wonder Woman are there as well. Um, and it deconstructs Superman in a really interesting way. Um, and the idea is it's Superman's birthday. What do you get for the man who has everything? Uh, cake. Everybody likes cake. Cake. A uh, beige. <laughs> um, blow the, they'll blow his head off. Blow his head off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a criminal do it. Uh, the the idea behind it's the, the worst idea death row behind, execution. Uh, That's so funny. <laughs> You're sentenced to death. You have to blow Superman. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, uh, also, I mean, Superman. You know how upset Superman would be. Like, uh, it's kind of cool, but like, I'm married. Let um, Matt finish what he's saying. No, this is better. This is good. This is good fantasy booking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my fantasy booking. Is that uh... <laughs> Superman has to give someone a BJ? I get a BJ from a villain. Um, 
All-Star Superman, the idea behind All-Star Superman is that uh, he is dying and he has to complete these tasks before he dies. And um, the he has to complete like impossible tasks. And the way he goes about it is really interesting. And there are little character moments in there that I don't think have been beat in any Superman story. There's a recent Superman story called Up in the Sky that is about that kind of gets to the core of the character and, and what he is about that he, again, he's trying to save everyone. And how does he save this one person that, that everyone tells him that he can't save? Is this the uh, person that's going to commit suicide? That's from all-star Superman. Yeah. That's a great oh, okay. mo- moment. In I, I think I, I, I've read that. And it's like, Oh, okay. That makes, it's like, he's standing on like the edge with them or whatever. Yeah. But, but see, <laughs> it's more, that book is, and that moment is more than just that moment. Because yeah. if you read the whole thing, he actually does see that person's doctor. And it's like a throwaway panel in the corner where you see the doctor is running late. And then the, this person almost kills themselves, partially because they, they aren't able to get to their doctor to like figure out, talk through what the problem that they're having is. Right. And, and Superman knows this because he saw the doctor. And that's how he takes that time out to save this one person because he wants to save everyone. Uh, and then finally, a good like Americana kind of uh, Norman Rockwelly Superman story is Superman for All Seasons. Jesus, uh, <laughs> sounds like a Norman Rockwell. It's really, really good, and it's done in this like kind of painterly style. It's focused a lot on Smallville and his early years and trying to figure out where he fits in the world. Um, so, All Star Superman, Superman for All Seasons, for the man who has everything, Up in the Sky, and then for Fro, JLA, Earth Two. <laughs> I I mean I will say so Charles Xavier is Dr. Charles Francis Xavier. Okay. Then why is he demoting himself and just going by Professor X? I know. I, I think it sounds cool. It's Dr. Like, it X? Does sound, it does sound better than Dr. X, but no like, way. you spent you know why? eight years in school to get your doctorate? Show that shit off. You know why? It's because people who don't understand that like he's not like a medical doctor. So people are like, like <laughs> you, don't oh, know, you go by Doctor Xavier. It's like I got a cut. Do you have band aids? He's like, I'm not that. I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> I had a substitute teacher that was like that. It was Doctor. I forget his name. Doctor Wilton. And everybody would be like, Oh, I don't feel good. And he's like, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> and well, he that hated sucks it. Sucks to have your doctorate and be a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. <A wolf. laughs> um. All right, so Fro Esquire. Sh- <laughs> yeah, uh, we should do some fantasy booking. Everybody else pick something, and I want to hear something that you would book him in because you've read, I'm assuming, every single issue of uh, Superman, so you know what he's been through. Um, and we're probably all gonna come up with something that he's already done. Not me, because I'm not me. Yep. No. <laughs> the cat just chimed in. Yeah, this cat always <laughs> chimes in. It's all the cat's doing is chiming in. It's been chiming in this whole time. If I was to do a fantasy booking of Superman, I would have him uh, fucking Freaky Friday with uh, Batman. That'd be and cool. Batman, ha- Batman has all the Superman powers and Superman ha- is lost all of his powers and he's just Batman. Um, it's called I'm sure sp- that's happened. Speeding bullets. Okay, of course. <laughs> of course uh, it is. Um, no, it's been, that's been done many times. Actually, one of the things that they used to do in the 60s is the that Clark and Bruce looked so much alike that they would um, replace each other all the time. 
and um, probably Patty Duke. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. Um, so they they would have stories where like they would be mistaken for each other, or like Bruce would dress up as you know to protect each other's secret identities. They would like dress up as each other. Uh, although one time Superman had to pose as JFK um, to to save the president, and and the issue ends with who, like oh, who wrote these black guys? I, where they're like, I, oh, white people look the same. <laughs> <laughs> kind of and he's he's like you know if i can't trust the president with my secret identity who can i trust and then like right I th- i'm pretty sure the month that that was published was the the month that kennedy was assassinated jesus also i just want to jump Superman in if anybody it. doesn't know i am black so i was able to make that joke <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell by the sound of my voice that i'm black but yeah that's why I, that joke came out of my mouth <laughs> There's there's been a lot of really weird coincidence Superman historical coincidences like um like in September of 2001 Metropolis was attacked and there's a panel with like two buildings that look like the twin towers that were like smoking cuz they had been crashed into That's um, weird. That same it's like same month. Some Simpsons type of shit. Yeah. Yeah, but again, you know, 82 years of at least two comic books a month for 82 years plus Movies, cartoons, television, everything. It's it's been done. Huh. Um, all right. Huh. If I had the fantasy book, I would um <clears throat> God. I'm trying to think of like a really out there but <clears throat> somewhat plausible scenario. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to undo eighty years of comics in about one minute. <laughs> Superman major weakness is not just kryptonite but also magic and mind control. He's particularly weak against mind control. So. Isn't the sun also like the lack of sun? Uh yeah, he's got if he's like on a planet with a red sun, he'll run out of run out of juice. Hmm. Um All right. Okay, I got one. It's Superman having to deal with the fact that um Lois Lane has an OnlyFans account. <laughs> <laughs> and he's super jealous. So, in the recent... No. Uh, <laughs> she actually she just wrote a novel, right? And wouldn't let him read it because she wanted a person without super speed to read it first. Uh, <laughs> All right. Why? Okay. She's like, no, I want like a regular person to read it normally. and then Not a freak it. like you. <laughs> Um, and there was like she like left to and lived in a different city so she can like write this book without his interference. Uh, you know, he, an interesting thing like that's come up. Uh, he has a son now, and his son got trapped in another dimension and aged up like seven years, and so he's now dealing with that he missed his son grow up. Um, <laughs> this guy can't win. Can't win. No. Nope. Uh, his dad, his his birth father, Cal Al, uh, Jor El is his dad. Uh, was recently pulled out of the time stream right before Krypton exploded and rejoined his life, but then was sentenced to death by an, uh, a galactic tribunal for crimes. And so Superman was, was again unable to say goodbye to his father when he died. Um, he's just going through some shit lately. Huh. And he what, is, about, what about you, Kat? What would you fantasy book? So I have two. Um, have any of you ever read The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? No. no. Ooh, it's excellent. Um, but it's basically like a fictionalized version of um, 
the Superman creators. It's Cavalier and Clay are two um, Jewish kids that live in New York, and they create a superhero called the Escapist, who is um, he has this super key where he can go around the world and free anybody that is um, a victim of injustice. So he's very like early Antifa. Um, oh, that's. <laughs> But I, I feel like, uh, and they've made, uh, escapist comic books like, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Matt Kent have written like actual volumes for this character. So I think it would be cool to see the two of them like team up and save, try to save everybody. Um, my other one would be Superman and then, uh, Nick Cage's son, Cal-El, the two Cal-Els <laughs> team up, uh, and just wreak havoc on the I don't world. want them to team up. I just want them to get an apartment together. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a book called Second Coming, and it's about Jesus returns to Earth, and he has to get an apartment with a Superman-like character. <laughs> All right. And God thinks that Jesus is this, like, wimpy loser hippie and really likes this, like, super, all-powerful superhero character. Um, and that so, sounds like, very funny. It is hilarious. And so, like, Jesus is characterized like he is in the Bible. He's like this total hippie, like, wearing sandals with his long hair. And he's love everyone, talking man. About, I love peace and love, man. And his dad's <laughs> like, and his dad's like the Old Testament God that's like, no, fire and brimstone. We have to punish these people. And Jesus is like, no, man, it's all about forgiveness. And he has to share an apartment with this all powerful superhero that, like, kind of, uh, that God loves. And, and it's like, why can't you be more like your friend? It's so friggin' funny. Um, this guy, the guy who wrote it, also wrote the recent Flintstones comics, which are friggin' hilarious. Huh? So good. Yep. Um. So who would you? What would you fantasy book, Matt? Uh, I don't know. One One Punch Man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. I like to see how that played I mean, out. That's, a, that's obviously a huge talking point. Is One Punch Man, Goku, and Superman? Who's gonna Who's gonna win? Yeah, and and so it's like you know you put these impossible characters right that always win, and and so actually I like I don't like these ideas because like in each of they're only impossibly powerful and undefeatable in their story universes, and it doesn't really make sense for them to be in each other's story universe because who's the hero? And the hero is the one that has to win. And so if it's a Superman story, Superman's going to win. If it's a Goku story, Goku's going to win. If it's a One Punch Man, One Punch Man is going to win because they're the hero of their story. That's how fiction works. Uh, uh, actually, I think I can make the argument One Punch Man would win out of that trio, if for any reason. is because, even though he doesn't have like the history the other two characters have, but uh, Superman and Goku have both been killed before, and One Punch Man has never been defeated. So I think mm-hmm. I think you'd have to give it to One Punch Man. Yeah, Super- yeah Superman that's Hulk. true. Superman, Spider-Man. Superman, Spider-Man is actually a lot of fun because there, there's a lot of similarity in the two characters. Between who? Uh, Superman and Spider-Man. Mm. They both like glasses wearing geek that work for a newspaper and secretly they're a superhero underneath. And uh, mm-hmm. At least uh, Spider-Man's uh, red costume and blue is costume. much better. Red and blue costume. Again, like Spider-Man's, have you ever seen a red and blue spider? Spider-Man's costume only exists well, I'm, because I'm of saying, Superman's costume. As far as being able to hide your secret identity, uh, at least you have a full-on mask and not a set of glasses. <laughs> mm. But in a curly cue. 
So in yeah, the world true. that we live in right now, where everyone wears a mask all the time, most superhero masks are completely stupid and pointless. Because I, I ran into someone the other day, uh, and he had a mask on and sunglasses covering 90% of his face, and I saw him, and I immediately was like, oh, hey, I know that guy, right? Yeah, it's, but th- to be fair, that guy's that guy's eight feet tall. Right, of course. <laughs> there's so much there's so much more and so like it makes the Superman disguise make sense. It makes just as much sense as Robin's disguise. There's no difference, but no one ever says, Oh, that domino mask, that wouldn't work. Yes, it would it, of course not. <laughs> None of those would work. Spider Man's mask would work, maybe, but like if Bro, you came up to me in a Spider-Man costume completely, I would still fucking know that it was you. There are so many more things than just what your face looks like to identify someone. Oh, I can't wait to try this out when we sneak Fro up on Matt in a random time in a random place <laughs> in a full Spider-Man regalia. He'll still I don't be thi- fucking Fro. I don't think it can be Spider-Man, though, because he'll be expecting that. So it's got to be something else. It's gotta oh. be dead yeah, I'll, be, I'll be Venom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Didn't uh, Venom beat Sp- uh, Superman once? No. <laughs> what? I'm pretty sure I just read that the other day. Pretty sure you read like a fanfic. No, it was, there was something where it was Spider-Man and Superman that uh, were teaming up and Venom actually beat both of them and made it uh, got away. Huh. I don't know. I think it was in, in that crossover time, obviously. <laughs> well, it was back when Superman had a mullet. Right. Well, I think, I think it's a good time to just call it here yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I, I mean great episode great job matt very informative and you know mm-hmm. definitely gave me a lot of a new perspective and a better uh understanding of uh, a superman because i definitely have i've definitely fallen into the why doesn't he just fall him into the sun kind of oversimpl- impl- oversimplification of superman but i mean he's he's he should be right up my alley right super powerful things like that that's why i like watching him I, for me, I, I like watching him kind of do crazy shit with his powers. I think for me, like in Injustice, when he's like feuding with, uh, um, what's Detective his face? Chimp? Nope. Oh, God. I love Detective <laughs> Chimp. Love no, and he's feuding Chimp. with, um, not Namor, the equivalent to Namor. Aquaman? Aquaman. Aquaman. There we go. I couldn't think of Water what? Guy. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> water guy. But when he's, when he's feuding with him and he's just fucking, gr- like, just grabs his whole underwater world and flies it out of the fucking ocean. He's like, hey, listen, you either fucking shape up or I'm going to just toss this thing into the fucking sky. And it's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Not so much the fact that he was like, you know, being a bit villainous or whatever, but just, I don't know. I like I like when the Hulk holds the fucking planet together in the center, like yeah. shit like that. So. There's, there's definitely been Superman stories where he literally juggles planets. Like It's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I like That's crazy silly. shit like that. Um, yeah, but great job. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we're back. This is season two. Ooh. So, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, you can go to makefun.network and you can go to patreon.com slash makefunnetwork. You can support the show there. And uh, Kat, uh, you got some stuff going on. Why don't you plug away? Sure. Uh, you can find me at Conquest Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and over at wasted-minds.com. There you go. Fro, anything you want to plug? Uh yeah, I only do top five of death outside of this, so you can go there, go on the Make Fun Network, and uh, trash any sort of opinion that I have. And um, yeah, make fun dot Make Fun dot Network. 
Yeah. Uh, Matt, anything you want to plug? Yeah. So um, you guys don't know about this, but I recently started a, a personal blog, a Superman <laughs> blog. Oh. Oh, fitting. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, it's the, the com, And I, I built a website and I, I write one article every weekday. Sometimes on GeoCities? Uh, it's not on GeoCities. Um, sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're not so short. Uh, sometimes I'll like pull an old storyline and like talk about it. I did um, a comparison of coloring from different versions of Superman number one from 1939. So different reprintings have done different coloring on them. And so I like I did like a, a super nerdy deep dive on how the colors have changed uh, over the years. So if interested in listening to me talk about Superman more, thedailymeteor.com. There you go. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right. And um, for me, just go to uh, patreon.com slash makefunnetwork and support the uh, Make Fun Network there and become a fun butt. Do all the fun stuff. Uh, so I guess that's it. Episode one, season two in the books. So thanks for joining us and uh, eat shit.